Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your Chief Hope Builder. I'm an author, speaker, podcaster, and founder of Moms Letting Go. I wrote the book Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery to help moms recover from the shame and the guilt and the chaos. Moms let go of the shame and the guilt, but we never let go of our children. We learn to love them through the disease. Please join our Facebook group. It's a private group. And anything you share there is, it can't be seen by anybody but those in the group. We heal in our community. And that Facebook group is Moms Letting Go with No Spaces. Download my free book at momslettinggo.com. And leave me a review here on this podcast because when we do that, more moms will see it and heal. And my goal is to empower 1 million moms by 2025, million moms of addicted loved ones to get into recovery. You can find my courses at Teachable, momslettinggo.teachable.com. And next week, I am launching the Almighty Mom Tribe. It's a membership for moms who want to recover more, who want to recapture their joy, their identity, and their purpose. If you are somebody who is looking to find your purpose and recover and continue to recover for the sake of your child, please consider joining us. It would be my honor and pleasure to serve you. Today we have Sandy Swenson, and she is the mother of two sons, one of whom struggles with addiction. She lives in the place where love and addiction meet, a place where help enables and hope hurts and has become a powerful voice for moms with addicted children, putting their thoughts and feelings into words. Sandy first documented her experiences with her son's addiction in the critically acclaimed book, The Joey Song, a -hmm. mother's story of her son's addiction, followed by Tending Dandelions, Honest Meditations for Mothers with Addicted Children, and a companion collection of ponderments in her app. Oh, she has an app, Readings for Moms of Addicts. In her latest book, Just Standy, Living with Heartache and Wishes, Sandy shares her heartache and her journey of courage, resiliency, acceptance, and inspiring us to believe that no matter what comes our way, it is possible to say we're just dandy and usually mm-hmm. mean it. Oh, it's beautiful. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm very happy. So back when I was trying to heal before I even started this group, I would go into Google on the internet and I would search for inspirational quotes. And you always came up, right? And I was, oh, oh, and your artwork and just everything that was put together, like you were the icon for me. And everything that you were doing was like, oh my goodness, like, yes, yes, she gets me. She Mm -hmm. understands me. And Mm -hmm. um, to actually have you here today is kind of one of those pinch me moments. It's like, Mm -hmm. so somebody from our group actually... um, actually invited you and I saw it so because I have to like approve everybody and um 
I saw it and I'm like, wait, is this the Sandy Swenson? Like, why would she want to be in our group? Like, uh, and so that's one thing led to another. And then that's how we met and you joined our group. So thank you. Um, yeah, so um, a couple things. I, I think you said you wanted to um, read something from your latest book. Actually, it's from Tending Dandelion, which was my second book. But the reason I wanted to read it is because, of course, the name of your group, you know, it just it speaks to what I feel. And I happen to have written a ponderment about just that in, um, in Just Dandy. So your group is letting go without giving up. Right. And I wrote, this is called, letting go is not the same as giving up. So we are definitely the same sort of thinking without question. So I'll read that to you. Um, so letting go is not the same as giving up. I have to let go of my children, both of them. That's part of the deal of being a parent. I get to love them and teach them, but I don't get to keep them. I have to set my children free. I have to let them grow up to be who they were meant to be and to live their own lives. Like fluttering butterflies, they were born to take flight. If I hold on too tight, I will crush their wings. If I hold on too long, they will smother and die. If I try to flap their wings for them, well, that's just ridiculous, but that doesn't mean I haven't tried. No, I have to let go. I have to believe they can fly. But letting go is not the same as giving up. Letting go is full of hope and possibility. Letting go is giving up the things that belong to my children. I can do letting go, but I'm holding their hands with my heart. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Wow. I think that every mom who has an addicted loved one can relate to that. And the metaphors, they just always work for us to really get it, right? Um, uh, and I think that space where moms are supposed to love and let go is, it's like an oxymoron. Like, how can that be? It's a contradiction. It just doesn't make sense. So that described it so well. Um, how is your son now? Is he, and does he know about all your books? Sort of. He's um, 32 now, almost 33. This all started when he was about 15-ish was when I wrote my, started writing my first book. Um, he's not in recovery. Um, We've had some periods where he just hated me and didn't speak to me, but we're not at that space right now. We have been for a couple of years, we text a lot and we chat a lot. We don't generally, well, we don't talk about addiction at all, not even a smidge because yeah. we have, we've been through a lot. And I know that when we get into the addiction whole talking about it he begins I'm crossing a boundary into his world and he hates me for that and shuts me down sure so I have to accept him where he is at this you know this is and and he accepts me 
that I no longer am trying to butt in and he doesn't ask for anything and I don't tell him what to do on anything, which of course isn't, you know, the most satisfying mother relationship because I want to, you know, I want to tell him what to do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the risk is too great here with him. You know, it's just, I feel like, and I assume it's the same with him because he initiates a lot of the texts. I assume that for him, it's not so much what we're saying to each other, other than the I love you's. A lot of I love you's get tossed or texted out there. I think it's just the moment, the connection of the love and that we can both leave and not knowing what's gonna happen next and knowing he can't change me, I can't change him. Nothing can change anything except the love, that's it. And if someday he hits a place He's going to know, well, my mom loves me. Right. You know, and that's it. So, so that's kind of where he is. Um, he knows about the Joey song. He sort of knew about tending dandelions. He doesn't know about the app. And he, I've never mentioned just dandy either. It's just. Hmm. So he doesn't really, does he ask you questions about your life and what you're doing? Not much. No. Much. No. So much. what do you what do you usually talk about? I kind of let him steer it. I start with steering on, oh, you know, like my mom is, you know, ill. And so I, you know, I texted him the update on that. Keeping him in the family loop. You know, he is a beloved grandson. Right. He deserves to hear that. And then we might discuss that or a lot about the weather or lots of weather. Yeah you know and then if he tells me anything about his life that I feel like is safe that won't just fall off a cliff very quickly you know he might be talking about uh, let's just say walking down the street and there was somebody doing drugs in a red door I'm gonna just start talking about oh my gosh red doors I love red front doors <laughs> I will just get into the the, you know, and, you know, I remember we lived in a house once that had a blue door and, you know, whatever. Yeah, just to, I get your point. Yeah. Sideways a little bit, you know, and he kind of easily rolls with that because then he'll talk about that house we had with the blue door and the memories we had there or whatever. And it seems to work. Not always. Doesn't always work. And sometimes, right. we, you know, sometimes I feel empty because it's not. Sure, you want more, yeah. But, but I can't linger on that because I can't do anything about that. And I'm so grateful, just honestly, for this. I'm very grateful for this. He knows he's oh. loved. I know I'm loved. We get to have these conversations and then- Right. It's yeah. just, it's as good as it can well, be. I love how you explained, you know, you just meet him where he is because uh, and you used an illustration and, and there is love because um, it's, it's hard to know how to do that. And you just gave the perfect example. And, and I think it's so important just to wait for them, right? Like to um, be the, the first one to open up. And then even then, you know, it's, you know, you have to just almost paraphrase what they say instead of trying to steer it down a way that you want it to go. No, because they're pretty, they're onto that for sure. 
What is your other? Oh, sorry. I was going to say that that's really, really, really important because if we go into this with an agenda, right? They know we have an agenda. I mean, they they just know that, you know. So it's like our kids, you know, they're little, and we say, "Oh, your hair looks interesting," or whatever, and you know, they just chop the chunk off of it or whatever. They know it doesn't really. They know what we're saying. So yeah, we we cannot go in with an agenda other than. I love you and I'm going to enjoy this moment. And that's got to be it, really. Wow. Wow. Well done. I, it's very hard. And what is his relationship like with your other son? How, is, how are they together? Can he do the same thing you do? They don't do anything at all. Okay. No relationship because when this all started, Joey's my older son. So he was junior in high school let's say it was when things started falling apart and so my younger son is two and a half years younger so in his world he was 12 or something like that when this started when his brother started changing and then getting arrested and off in rehab and etc etc and disrupting our lives with, you know, us running around all over the place and, you know, sorry, we're not going to be here for your birthday. You know, we have to go, you know, that whole thing. So, I mean, the last time he knew his brother as, as his brother, he was 12 and now Mm. he's 30. So, yeah, you know, that's a lot of big, big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of time. Sure. Not to say it can't happen. But, you know, one lives in New York, one lives in Florida. We don't get together as family grouping the three of us. Um, You can't force these things. And I have to accept that, too. I mean, I have to accept that, too. I would love it to be more. But they, he, both he's, they, they're going to have to figure it out or not figure it out. Right. Yeah, you don't try to control it and you can't (laughs) fix it. Yeah, good for you. so you've been writing for many years then when you first wrote your first book did it help you heal in writing it oh so much I didn't set out to write a book I was um there was so much going on and just I was just well you all know the turmoil the you know everything the guilt the pain the blame the judging the oh my god what's happening the fear the I mean just everything it was horrible and that's all I could think about was everything because it was always everything was always happening and a friend of mine said because I would roam the house at night literally I'd go to bed couldn't sleep you know churning sure I would get up and I would just sort of roam around the house because I couldn't stop thinking about all of everything and trying to put together pieces and oh my gosh I can't forget this because he told me that but tomorrow I might figure out that's a lie and I might need that little nugget to tie all the pieces together so I can't just let them go because I might need them for something you know so a friend said just you've not been a journaler but just get a journal just start writing stuff down so I did had like 15 journals a stack this big (laughs) I had a lot to say and I mean I just wrote it there was no fanciness I just no. wrote yeah. you know right. 
just to put it on the page. Somebody is listening. Yeah, the words. Exactly. The whole thing, every thought, every feeling, every, I probably repeated myself a hundred times, myself a hundred times. But as I was writing it, I realized I was really letting it go because now I didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night trying to hold on to all those bits and pieces. If I needed to find out if those lies matched up or whatever, it was all in there. And the interesting part was, other than when I went back to to look at it to write my books, I never went back to look at and put the pieces together. I didn't need to have been hanging on to all of that torturous time, you know, but it, it was, it was such a relief to put it down. And then I decided, well, you know, I think I have something to say because I, I thought things through so much when I was writing. And then I decided to write a book because I wanted to write the book that I had wanted to read. Yes. And all this started with me, you know, that speaking to the mom heart. That's right. Every book I had read, you know, because this was when I started writing this, it was maybe 2008 when I first started writing that first mm-hmm. book, the Joey song. Um, there wasn't that much out there at that time. You know, all this come a long way. Right. And um, the books that I had read were great, but they were all written because somebody had had success. It was these mm-hmm. beautiful mothers and their horrible story of, you know, everything that had gone, but they made it out the other side and we didn't make it out the other side. And I felt like a failure as a mom that how can that be? They did it. How come I didn't? I could not love him more. I could not have tried more. I mean, I, you know, I screwed up a ton, but I loved and I I tried, you know, and I said, I just couldn't believe that they had some magic wand thing that I didn't have. Right. I wanted moms to feel and understand that our love is not a failure. You know, this is a disease and we, I mean, we hear it all the time. We can't control it, but we really cannot. What no. we can control is our side of things, which is, you know, if we take care of our side of things, there might be something healthy left over for this child to return to when and if they're ready. Right. If they don't, there will still be something healthy left over for our own selves because we're worth it. And right. the families, you know, the rest yeah. of the family too. So it's a long growth. That didn't happen overnight. That was a you know, years. But so when you when you went back then to write your book and you read everything that you had written, um what was your, what was your like number one takeaway with that? What did you learn about yourself other than you didn't need to go back to keep all the pieces together, but when you actually read what you went through, did you, did you feel like, wow, I've overcome a lot or not? I don't know. Well, I, I did. I, I realized I've come a long way because I was doing, it's all there in writing. I would do the same things over and over and over and over. And I'd read it. And I think by the 10th time I've done the same thing, it's like, really? <laughs> you know, so that was, that was kind of opening. Yeah, it really was. That was pretty eye opening. Also, of course, I know how sad it all was because I lived it, but reading it in my, in the moment, words of the sad and the pain and all that was, that was hard. 
it was hard to did you cry yeah 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 really and it was really important to me when I wrote the Joey song that I wrote it in real time that when I was doing a b c d I didn't know yet what I know now right now and sometimes my my publisher would say well you need to put in here that it's not your fault I said i don't know that know that yet yeah and this is not this is a if we're going to be real here it has to be how all the moms are doing it I didn't have some magic thing that I knew this thing then no 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 has to be real and even if it looks stupid that I've done this thing 10 times and it's like duh that's the truth (laughs) right you know and I felt really that that had to be honest it had to be honest for moms to be able to relate to this to all of this it had to be had to be real. So you mentioned your publisher. So your publisher was Hazleton and um, Hazleton Betty Ford is a place where I watch a lot of their um, webinars and such because they're just so informative and um, sometimes the topics are just really appealing. So I'll show up and I I learn. And um, so how did you find them or did they find you how and how much of the process of what you wrote did they have to like approve first well actually the joey song was published by central recovery press okay and so they published that one i'm pretty sure that i had because you know i've heard of hazelden and i submitted something to them and they don't really like to do that kind of book the personal story kind of book so they passed my next book, Tending Dandelions, I thought that would be just their thing. I thought that, you know, the mom thing and the, pon- you know, the different, um, you know, meditations or ponderments. And, and they were starting to focus on moms at that time. That was probably in 2012 when I wrote that. So I wrote it first. That's just the way I roll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I write first, get it out there, you know, get it off my chest, and then I find a publisher. So I sent it to them and they were interested. And so it needed to be longer, but really they don't, I mean, there was very little, well, none. They didn't ever say, add this, you know, don't put that in there. So yeah, they would just be, you know, maybe expand on this or something like that, you know. And then the app was also through them. And that's basically just more of tending dandelions. So same process, different different material, but the same sort of thing. So I have never heard of the word ponderment. I think I picked it up. (laughs) Oh, you did? I love that word. I'm like, wait, I haven't, you know, I haven't looked to see if it is an official word, but ponderment, you know, that's just one of those things where it's like, wow, what a good, you're so creative. Well, Um, they have their meditation series. And so this is part of that. And I felt like meditation, they aren't exactly meditations. I mean, that's what they're called because that's their series, but I wanted to give it more a ponderment to me seems better for what they are than meditations, but sure. Yeah. (laughs) So something to ponder. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's see, what else was I going to, um, so what kind of feedback do you get from moms about your books and how important is that to you to keep writing and to keep doing what you're doing? Oh, 
my goodness. Well, I get great feedback. I always hear is you know, just what Colleen said, you know, is I, I love them. I could relate to everything you said, every feeling I've ever felt sort of thing, or, mm -hmm. or were you in my living room? <laughs> you hear everything that I said and thought sort of like that. But that makes such sense to me because I'm just a regular old mom. I'd never written before. I just felt, and I felt because I'm a mom and I was pretty sure that everything I was feeling was probably pretty universal, you sure. know, yeah. pretty universal. So then that was what I wanted to do was to connect to the moms. So, you know, that, that there's that, it's, it just makes all the difference when you know you're not alone. And some of the things that, you know, the, it's not all stuff that makes me proud either, the stuff that I wrote about, you know, the green eyed monster and being jealous of people who've made it through and stuff. I mean, that's crossed my mind. And I wanted to put it all out there so moms didn't feel, I mean, gosh, I used to feel terrible for feeling that way. I actually still do. <laughs> if that crosses yeah. my mind, I still try to just shove it away. But, but it's real. Sure. It's real. Well, and, yeah. You know, to acknowledge that we're not the only one out there who's thinking things that would make us feel ashamed. We've got so much to feel, I mean, that we feel ashamed about or shame up for. And some, so much of it is we just need to let it go. It's just ridiculous to feel all this shame about this. But to be able to honestly understand how somebody else is feeling on so many different Levels, layers yeah. and layers. Well, and I think it's it's just being authentic because so many times, you know, we'd be with our friends and they'd be talking about their kids and what they're doing. And even even still now for us, I mean, our son is in recovery, but all his peers are just so successful and he's, you know, still living in a little two bedroom apartment. And um, you, you have to separate that and think, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there have been moments where, you know, um, I think for me, one of the things that's the most frustrating though, is to, is to help the general public who don't have addicted loved ones understand, um, addiction more. I get a little impatient with their, lack of knowledge and their lack of even wanting to understand. And um, that, that can make me a little frustrated for sure. Well, on that, one thing, I mean, I, I totally agree that, I mean, people don't understand. I half the time don't even understand it. No, well, true, <laughs> me too. Yeah, exactly. And then, but a real eye opener for me was, so when, Joey was, you know, whatever, 18 or something like that. And my mom and dad, my, now my dad was a doctor. My mom was a nurse. I'm their daughter who they just think is marvelous and was a marvelous mom. And they had two marvelous grandchildren. It was just all this marvelousness happening. And then Joey became addicted. I don't even know if we told they just knew he was getting in trouble. I don't even know if we even knew he was addicted when this was happening. Sure. Just trouble happening. And anyway, he was arrested. And I can remember telling my dad, who knows this marvelous grandchild since birth, 
and his marvelous mother and marvelous family <laughs> and you know, just all the marvelousness happening, plus medical background. Sure. Dad said, well, good. He'll be in jail with all the other bad people. Hmm. So of course I reacted like that, which was, whoa, how in the world? But as I thought about it and wrote about it in my journal, it occurred to me, you know, that his response was simply, he didn't know how to deal with this. And that's what he just had to do because he didn't have it. And yet he knew me, he knew Joey, he had the medical background. He had all the stuff Right. he didn't say, you know, he was raised by crappy parents or he was a crappy as no, a kid. Yeah. You know? And there's no excuse. Yeah. Exactly. And he had medical background. He still couldn't cope, face it, deal with it, whatever. And so I realized that if my dad, who loved Joey and me, right. couldn't you know, process it, yeah. He couldn't process it. We mamas have a big job to do because we're the ones who are going to change the way addiction is perceived. It's not gonna come from people we wish would do it. It's really up to us because if we're out there talking and no shame and not acting like we're ashamed of this whole thing, we've got the power. We're the ones other people are gonna watch how we're reacting to this and take our cue. I believe that. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you because I, uh, Sandy knows this too. Like a couple of weeks ago, I decided my boon was to empower a million moms of addicted loved ones so that we can go out and stop the stigma and um, educate others and be the change. And I really believe someday after I'm long gone, you know, people are going to look back at our justice system and look back on mental health. And they're going to think that this time period was just barbaric or inhumane or whatever. I, I do believe that there is going to be more. Um, and I have to believe that. I just. Um, I do. I believe I, that with every ounce of me, I believe that's true. Um, well, it's so great to hear you say that because sometimes, you know, you, you feel like, I feel like, oh my goodness, I Am I crazy? Am, are people looking at me like my goal or my mission is just crazy? And then I think, well, who cares? Like, no, because I feel spirit led. I feel that I have a responsibility now and that God is counting on me and to, to help lead in this space, even though I don't know everything, but I want to empower others to learn with me. Um, and so that's kind of where I sit. Um, what, what are you working on right now? Are you working on something new? No, no? I, I'm, I'm really, I just don't know. I mean, just Dandy just came out in November. Okay. So I, I need space writing. I know it seems really, you know, you just sit down and write. And when I say, oh my gosh, I've been working so hard. It's like people must just roll their eyes. Well, oh, pretty fluffy job there, <laughs> but, but. A lot of emotion. It's a lot, you know. Mm. Oh yeah. Draining. And so I need a little space between. And you know, I have the website mompower.org, okay. but I did lose um a sponsor for that. So I'm trying to refigure how to keep that going, you know, by latching it to 
I don't know, some big cause who has ways to market and things that I don't, you know. So, so, so tell us what Mom Power is. It's mompower.org, right? Correct. Okay. And so um, sort of what you were saying, I can't believe I did not know you before this. We have a lot in common. But what you're saying about the, um, you know, the million moms and the empowering them, that's exactly what Mom Power is about. It's about empowering moms to, oh, wow. you know, spread, you know, to shed the shame and change the way addiction is perceived. And it's just, there's lots of resources, but also articles written by other moms from all kinds of, you know, all the different aspects of this. And the, you know, everything in there has been vetted. I mean, I didn't tell people what to say in their articles. That was, they were just edited the periods and capitalization or whatever, but um, their heart feelings are exactly what ours are. They're just right. saying more of the same thing, you know, over all the topics and, but the, but the resources have all been, you know, vetted and, or, you know, they've been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, I'm not sure what the, well, they've been not edited, but. What do they, they call when something's going to go in an art show and somebody decides what's going to go in the art show first because they say it's okay. Judged. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of the word about it. <laughs> but it's a, it's a rich and um, comprehensive website. And the purpose, you know, I was wanting to, to become a bigger mission. And like when you say the million mom march, or we well, didn't say march, but I thought. But yeah, I get that in my head too. Like, yeah, we're all marching. Not sure where yet, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, so your book, your all your books, are they like at Amazon and Barnes and Noble? And um, okay, I'll make sure I leave a link here to those as well. And in the show notes, because this will probably, this will be in the podcast too. Um, how has, how has doing this help you, help you doing this meaning, you know, writing your books and being a part, part of mom power? Um, do you feel like you are spirit led or do you feel like that your pain, your purpose is now um, a part of the pain, and then that's just what you were created to do? Or how do you feel about what you're doing and your purpose? Well, kind of all of that, you know, I feel like um, faith led, and this is my purpose. I feel like I feel, and it's turning my pain into purpose. And it's honoring my son because I want the world to see how wonderful my son is mm -hmm. and that, you know, I used to be scared of the addict, but I'm not anymore because the addict could be quite mean, but my son is really sweet, you know? Yeah. And so I want to honor my son. I don't want him or anybody else in the world to think that the addict destroyed me or my family or anything like that. I want him, my son and the addict to see addict, I don't care if you're mad at me or hate me. And son, this is for you. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, so I am going to try to change what I can to make people see addiction as being 
what it is, you know? So I feel Beautiful. like it is my purpose and, and it's the mom group, you know, is where I put my focus is because I can relate to the moms and I believe in the power of the moms and that if we can all start feeling and believing, we can change it. So I really feel that's my purpose. That's just, I feel very strong. So um, in your, in just dandy, um, you talk about the heartache and the journey. What kind of, um, do you have like a method that you use to help moms uh, find their just dandy place? Like, is there some kind of advice that you can give moms who are listening to this, who, who just don't have hope or, or they're so anxious, they can't sleep, they can't um, breathe, they're, they're focusing everything on their addicted child, they don't feel like they have joy or purpose. Can you, is there anything that you can um, say to them or give them that's gonna help? Well, first I would say is- Nothing like a loaded question. <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a journey. I mean, I, I remember feeling like there was no hope and you no know, joy. I remember that. I remember not being able to get out of bed. I literally not, you know, and then knowing when my younger kid was going to come home and then trying to get up and put makeup on or not makeup even just brush my hair and get up and look like, Hey, like <laughs> I'd been, you know, all with it all day. I remember those days very well. And honestly, I think we just have to go through those days with our eyes and ears open and learning along the way. I don't, I think it takes time and learning to make our way through that. But I think it's groups like this or books or whatever, which is if and we're- journaling. And journaling. journaling. <laughs> but uh, as long as we're, I mean, just like our addicted children, you know, if they're searching for recovery, you know, and they go to AA or, you know, whatever, you know, treatment place or whatever, they, there's sort of a, a way to do things. And if you follow this way and actually do it, you're probably going to have a better success, you know, at, at coming out the other end. It sort of applies to us too. Right. And actually it totally applies to yeah. us, you know, yes. I spent a lot of time with, okay, I went to the meetings, I went to all the family groups, everything, everything. First it was, oh my God, what do they mean? It's, it's you know, I have to work on me. I remember that too. I thought I was- Oh, talk to, me, talk to me about that. Because the first time I heard that, I, I was really defensive and I'm like, look, this is my son's problem. It's not mine. Did you feel like that? Oh, totally. I thought okay. that that's exactly what this was, but in time. Right and experience. I think you have to have time and experience under your belt to see for sure, for reals, that you cannot change another person's behavior. I mean, I think you just, but, but if only I did this, you know, but if only I did that, but I really want it to, to work or, but if I don't do it, what if he dies and then it'll be my fault. But then it comes to realize, now I'm talking about an adult child. Here. So I don't know what it's like with a child who's younger. Right. That's, yeah. a different... That's a whole different thing. Yeah. I try to say that too. This is adult addicts. Uh, um, yeah. Because, because you can't change any adult's behavior. No. Period. I mean, right. somebody could tell me I need to lose weight or, or, or be whatever. I can't even hardly make myself lose weight. 
Well, I can't. <laughs> so, you know, I can't even make myself do things, much less. And, you know, then you start seeing other life experiences, you know. Um, my parents, when we had to move them out of their home because they had to go to um, memory care and, and such, they were not going to go. They no. were not going to go. Not was not the little like in the in the commercial as you know where it's oh okay and then you know no. hand in yeah. hand no no and they're adults right. we could not what? take them no we couldn't and I remember them. thinking maybe maybe we should do an intervention and the parallel was so interesting during the time because I thought oh yeah that's interesting yeah and even when my mom had some dementia I thought wow, this is so similar to addiction too, because I would just have to sit down and like meet her where she was at. And even though her reality was false to her, it was her reality. And so I had to, you know, hold her hand and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Cause she would say, well, my dad, you know, try was stealing money from her. And mm -hmm. I would say, oh, I'm sorry. You must be so frightened. And, you know, just try to and, and you looked at, I was looking at that, like, wow, the parallels are so similar, um, but the same, we can't, we can't change anybody. We can't control it. We can't cure it. We didn't cause it. Right. But, and it's even bigger than, I mean, the, you know, the parents who have dementia or whatever, or the child with addiction, but if we have a spouse, let's just say who is supposed to take his diabetes medicine or whatever. Yeah. We can't make them do that either. You know, no. we can't make, if the doctor says, you know, he needs to exercise, well, that's totally up to him. I mean, right. I can beg at him or whatever, but a lot of it is that really, truly, truly believing and understanding that we cannot control anybody else, but we can control ourselves. Right. And that's and, what I would say to moms, which yes. is, you know, you got to go through the learning curve, but have your, you know, your mind open and read, connect, all of that, and be open to the moment when you finally understand the change thing is, is you can't, but we can change ourselves. And once we focus on ourselves, that's right. that changes everything. It changes totally. the relationship with our child. It changes the way people see addiction. It changes our own outlook on the world, which then, of course, affects everybody around us. And we can actually... Um, put all that effort, which was basically just banging our head on a wall while we're crying, into yeah. <laughs> something positive that actually can make a difference to our child in a good way. So, I mean, it's a process, but I'm just thinking to be yeah. open to as you're going through this very difficult process to remain open. It's a process, not an event. One thing um, I I'm trying, you know, I even had a discussion about uh, this with my son and daughter-in-law this weekend, but if you look back on, you know, when he was in his early addiction before, before you realize what you know now, and you would try to have these conversations with him, um, I'm, I'm trying to help moms learn how to respond differently so that it does open them up um, where they don't feel judged, where they don't feel like you're trying to control what they say. Um, can, you, can you remember like that moment? So, so like for me, when Ryan used to text me or something, 
or I knew I was going to talk to him, I would have to write myself notes like, don't say this, don't do this, don't just listen. Like I would have to self help, you know, before that moment so I could stay calm, you know, monitor my breathing, like all those things. Did, did you ever have to do that to get to where you are right now? I did eventually. I did not do that for years, though. I did all the wrong things. Lots of yelling. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if you're talking about, you know, before, and I'm really not a yeller, quite honestly. I rarely yell, but I had a few big yelling years in there, a couple of big yelling years in there. So, um, but if you're talking about before we knew he was in addiction, Um, we just thought he was having, you know, teenage behavior. Yeah. And we did like, get over it already. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. how we were reacting to it was like that, which was kind of snarky at him, you know, like just, yeah, yeah basically the grow up, come on, you know, better than this. This is stupid, right. you know, sort of thing. Right. Never crossed our mind that he was using and, um, I can't even believe it. But another thing mothers should be remember is we were not made to be suspicious of our children. So no. if we missed a whole bunch of stuff. I think we need to give ourselves some slack because that's just not what nature intended was for parents to be suspicious of their children. You know, no. I just feel like, I mean, not to say we should just keep on being in la la land, but I think we need to give ourselves space for, for that time of denial. Some grace, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. And I think that I can say for a lot of addicted loved ones who are in recovery, they lived in shame for many, many years because of that. Like they they felt so ashamed that they manipulated their parents for so long. Um, And even in talking to Ryan yesterday, he... He, it really bothers him if I think for a minute that it was something that I did because he doesn't want that pressure. Um, if, he, if he thinks that I'm sitting in a place of, with, of guilt or that I feel like bad that I should have done something, he's like, whoa, like that's way too much pressure on me. It's bad enough that I did this and I'm living with this guilt and shame, but don't, no, no that you weren't, you know, it wasn't you. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but. um, Well, that's huge. I mean, that's huge. And that's another reason. I mean, sometimes because, you know, we're women and we, you know, don't want to do the self-care thing because it seems selfish sort of thing. But this is a very good example of, of if we can't, this really, what you're talking about really is for ourselves to, you know, um, get to a place of, of, you know, feeling like, um, it's not our fault and all that. That's, you know, getting to that is really self-care, but if we can't do the self-care thing, so we're not quite at that yet, we can look at it and think then we're doing it for our child. What a huge gift for him to have him not have to carry this burden of mm-hmm. thinking he's squashed his mother's spirit 
you know, yeah. or whatever. I mean, what a gift. If we can't do it for ourselves, right. we can honor our child and let our child know and see by the way we're living our lives that we're going to be okay because we've taken care of ourselves. Let our child be free of carrying that. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, thank you for that. And I, I do, I do think it's a relief of burden to them. Um, is, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share with us? I can't think of anything. Um, I feel like we've, I mean, we could go for, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, we didn't, I, I never asked you how your spouse coped with this compared to you. Um, was he somebody who journaled too? No, we handle it very differently. We're no longer married. Okay. Um, that's when I wrote the Joey song, things were starting to unravel. I thought they were related to the, all the troubles. I didn't mention any of that really much in there. I mean, just the normal, you know, we, we approached it differently because I didn't want to get sidetracked into that when the story was about the addiction right. and all that. Right. But, um, so we're not married anymore, but I was afraid that my son was going to think that it was his fault because of addiction and it was not. And I was very, very glad to be able to say that to him so he didn't have to carry that burden because I- wow, How intuitive of you. Yeah, do you, you, know? do you think, did he believe you? Oh yeah. If you ever read, if you ever read it, you'll know why. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I have it. Yes. No, but but it, it'll be very clear that it okay. was not addiction. Um, yeah. But um, before, um, my husband was, I mean, a great dad. But of course, when all this happened, we became neither of us were great parents anymore. We weren't great anything. We were just a mess you know, yeah. and um, um, he handled it very differently. He was more in denial. Once we, once we, once we knew what was happening, I wanted to be right in there and fix it all and chase him down and stalk him and stalk him in person and stalk him in email <laughs> and just everything I could and be right in there and, and telling every, you know, Joe and everybody, you know, he, he's not doing well and, you know, we have to fix this. And it was bet my husband needed to step back, started working out and stuff and, you know, putting his energies into something like that. Because I was just trying to make the whole family miserable and he was just trying not to be miserable. So we have yeah. dealt with it very differently. I, I think it, it happens often. It did with us too. My husband um, copes with things just very different, compartmentalizes um, and there were times during our journey that I just had to go to him and say, I, I'm having, my doctor said, you're, you're going to have a breakdown. You're losing your health. You have to do something. And so that's when I went to him and said, okay, I, you're grounded. I have to take the emotion out of it. Could you be the person that they talk to from now on? I can't because we had their children. So it, 
it always put me in a difficult position mm -hmm. and it worked beautifully for us. But what was funny was like, he's like, yeah, I'll do that. But you got to just let me have it. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh so <laughs> I know. I know. So, and then my older brother, he's like, yeah, Michelle, you got to let him have it. Like, you know, just quit trying to get in there and, and do all, control everything. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I totally get it. And um, I'm, you know, addiction can totally pull people apart, the whole family apart. So um, anyway, but I'm, I'm glad that you're both in a good place now and that um, your son doesn't feel like it's, it was his problem that. Not at all. And so that's, that's a relief. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Sandy or Colleen, do you guys have any questions for Sandy Swenson? I don't, I, oh, I think you're muted. Wait, Colleen's saying something. Um, let me unmute you, Colleen. Hang on. See if I can. Oh, I have to ask her to unmute. Oh, there it is. See, hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, good, good. I love the book. This one here is my absolute favorite because this is where you spoke to me, like, like as far as everything you said in here. I mean, I have circles. I have highlighted marks in here. I have pages flipped and turned. I mean, just, I don't know if you can see the highlights in there. I yeah. highlighted. I think every time I turn the page, I highlighted something because it was something that, oh yeah, that was exactly, you know, um, something, um, you know, that we're, right now that we're dealing with, my son is 25, an alcoholic, and uh, right now he's doing okay, but it's his older sisters that are not really, you know, wanting to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, my, my oldest one, my oldest daughter is 32 and the middle one is 28 and Bradley, my son is the youngest. Um, and I just, I, I hate that because I, it just, I feel like it just kind of tears up the family a little bit. I mean, anything, is there anything like, I mean, should I just stay out of it and let, like you said, you know, with your two sons, just kind of, you know, let them figure it out. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I hate it because a lot of times the girls don't want to come over to the house because he's here, you know? Yeah, so, I totally understand. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it, it does tear the family apart. I it mean, does. It really does. You know, yeah. the holidays are different or people are missing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Can't really give advice because there's so many different yeah. dynamics in it. Yeah. I can yeah. just say what we did, but you know, it, it started at a much younger age of the mm -hmm. separation. And so it's just mm -hmm. different. And right. Right. So I, I really don't yeah. to try to keep I guess maybe two things is, mm -hmm. you know, that everybody knows they're loved and everybody mm -hmm. knows that they're the one that's in control of the situation, not you. Right. right. That, that is something that I have, because this is all new to us too. We've never had this trouble or problem. And um, something I know that I have really learned from this is to let them know that they are loved and to do something for, you know, like, take care of yourself. I have always been the person that takes care of everybody. You know, uh, my mother-in-law, when she moved here and, 
you know, my dad, when my parents divorced, I always took care of my dad, you know? Um, so that was just so natural for me to want to fix, you know, I wanted to fix it so bad. Um, but, you know, reading these books, I mean, I even have Joey's, Joey's song here too, you know, I mean, reading these books have, and, and belonging to the mom's group and, um, has really helped make me understand this stuff. So I'm so appreciative of you guys, both of you guys for, um, having this out there for us moms, you know, to help us understand it more because this was all new to me too. I didn't know how to approach things. You know, I was the type of person that like, you know, you guys were saying, you know, I wanted to control it. I want to be like in his business. I wanted to, I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was walking around, you know, I was walking outside at two o'clock in the morning to yeah. see if he, you know, slipped out of his bedroom window. Yeah. You know, I was checking the garage to make sure my vehicles were here, you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, but I've, I've, I've learned that it's not, I didn't cause this. So that was, that was a big, big deal for me because it really, really hit me hard when I found out about him. So. Well, yeah. Colleen, you're, you're recovering, um, mm -hmm. quickly in, mm -hmm. in in your journey. I think you're learning so much and I'm so proud of oh, you for just so immersing yourself in so much. the education and the community mm -hmm. and reading mm -hmm. and so forth. That's all you can do. But I will yeah. say like um, our, our oldest daughter and son, you know, Ryan is our only son. So he's 39 now and Liza's two and a half years younger. And um, there's always been that, um, difficulty there mm -hmm. and I still think that she doesn't understand addiction like mm -hmm. you know like we do mm -hmm. um she fears it in her own right. children you know sure. that it's yeah. DNA or whatever but um part of recovering Ryan went to her um was to make amends and mm -hmm. you know so you, you can just mm -hmm. hope that those relationships will heal. Mm -hmm. But one of the things like Ryan will say to me, well, hey, will you tell Liza, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, no, but you can. <laughs> uh, because I don't want to be in the middle. Like right. I want them to work it out because they're adults and I might not always be here. Mm -hmm. And I want them to have each other. So I do kind of, you know, or I'll say, I don't know, maybe you should ask him, you yeah. know, or yeah. both, both those ways. Um, yeah. where you just kind of encourage that, but yeah, I don't know if that helps any. It's no, I mean, we're, we're doing counseling together, him and I, and then you know, like one week I'll go with him and then my husband will go with him the next week. And I'm hoping it's a slow process, but it's got to help, you know, so uh, it's amazing that he'll go. <laughs> yeah. Man. And I'm making him pay every other time we go. Oh, wow. Good. I know this yeah. is serious. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. he opening up in counseling? Is he talking? You know, not a lot, not a lot. He listens and then the counselor will talk then. And, uh, a little bit, but not a lot. But I know counseling is a slow process. Right. 
you know. Well, and just that he's going is huge, Colleen. Yeah, that's and huge. Your, and your husband. I mean, that that's yeah. huge. Like, yeah. Yes. So that's yes. wonderful. Yeah. Well, I just, well, I, I just want to say one thing really quickly, sure. and that is that when I realized that I needed help and that I needed to heal, um, was when my Ryan, I, I have a son named Ryan. That's my, he's an alcoholic. He's 26 years old and he was in treatment at the beginning of the year. And I asked him a question and he said, mom, I have to set a boundary. I'm not ready to talk a boundary for you. And I'm not ready to talk about that. I'm like, you don't need to set a boundary for me. Boundaries for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> in charge Wait a minute. Here. Wait a minute, I don't have the problem. What do you mean? And it just cracked. I mean, I think about that a lot. Like, you know, I was doing things that he probably did need to have boundaries, but I wasn't the one with the problem, you know? And and I just learned so much. And Michelle, I just really thank you for helping me along my journey with this because, you know, I did love him and I was the best mom I could be. And mm-hmm. he did a lot of things that weren't under my control that caught that he now mm-hmm. knows caused him a lot of this grief, but still I had, I have always, um, I have a long way to grow too. So, um, thank you. Yeah. And, and I look forward to reading your books, Sandy, and oh, they're learning awesome. from you as well. They, they are great, great books. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy, for being our guest today and um, sharing time with us. And I, I guess I, I just want to connect with you again somehow. I know. I know. Well, we have uh, to be in touch because we have a lot of. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So let's keep in touch. And I don't know what that looks like. I'm going to be launching a membership space February 1st where moms who want to take their healing to the next level, like their accountability and work on their purpose. And um, it'll be a community with speakers and support and coaching. And I'm hoping that I want to write a book with these moms and where they start here and then they recover and they, each mom shares their story. I have a lot of ideas, but good grief. Like I'm going to need help because I'm only one person. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, Sandy, yeah, I'm sure we'll be uh, inviting you back into our space again, hopefully soon. So well, thank you. It was lovely to be here and I'm so pleased to have gotten to know all of you and um, hope we meet again. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. Take care. And thank God you. bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.